Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and I'm just your typical Spike. On the line with me, my executive producer, therapist, and just all-around thoughtful guy, Cameron McCoy. How you doing, friend? I'm really concerned today, dude. Uh, just before the show, you said, you better get the bleep button ready. And, like, feels like I got my work cut out for me this week. Uh I actually found myself on multiple occasions, I won't tell you who, but different <laughs> podcasts listening to it and yelling at the phone <laughs> like an old man. Yeah. Because I'm super young, right? But like an old man at some of the takes that I've heard. Some have been great, you know. Um, but man, just when you thought the brainstorm isn't that good, actually... Uh, was going to be easily and definitively the worst take that you've ever seen on Magic. Uh, boy, the, the 30th anniversary Magic crowd has just come in and dunked all over that. All over it. So I've got a lot to say. There are actually a multitude of announcements, and they're not all negative. Okay? Mm. There's some good announcements here. But... I I have really no desire to bury the lead. Hey, we've been playing Magic this week, but I don't really know that it's great Doesn't to talk matter. about. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so I think we should get this out of the way first. Maybe it's kind of good news that the spirit of the reserve list, the foundations are starting to show cracks, right? That maybe this will indicate a more aggressive reprinting strategy down the line. I don't think so, but hey, if we have to endure this to get like actual the reserve list to be gone, then cool. But I should say what this is. So Magic 30th anniversary. I can't imagine someone's out there and they have not heard about this, but yeah. That also listens to this our show, but hey, it is a product that I think it goes on sale on November 28th. Um, you get four 15-card boosters, and essentially they are going to be reprints of cards from beta, okay? It's essentially beta with some alterations like the anti-cards are gone, stuff like that. Um, the card back is different, um, kind of like the, um, what were the names of those decks that you played in your shop, Cameron? The championship? Oh, the, the championship decks. Yeah, world championship decks, yeah. Yeah, or they are not gold-bordered on the front. A surprising, like, maybe thing to think or talk about, right? Um, some are old border, some are new border, but there are the Power Nine, there are dual lands, um, there are very strange tokens, but it is beta, okay? Buying this is nine ninety nine. It's $1,000 to get this little four-pack thingy-majig. And uh, Cameron, <laughs> you and I... Strangely had a midweek discussion about this. Um, just just tell me what you think, man. What's going on with you? Well, first, let me light my cigar with this $100 bill, and then, and then we can <laughs> chat, okay? Uh, where to begin? Uh, you know, not tournament legal. Maybe that's somewhere to begin. Uh, that it seems like they're embracing the collector mentality of the game more so than the actual game. Um, yeah, dude. And, and I mean, let's just start with this. Hey, let's 
as a Magic community, celebrate 30 years of this game, what's the best way we can do that? Just to include as many people as possible to celebrate the love of the game. I've got it, says CEO down the <laughs> down the uh, um, cubicle wall. $1,000 packs. Or, I'm sorry, for four packs. $1,000 for four packs, dude, of a non-tournament game. I... I when you sent me that, I thought it was a joke at first. I was like, did they forget to put a decimal point? Nine ninety nine seems like it's a fair price. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, nine dollars and ninety nine cents. That is not nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to begin other than just vitriolic anger at this. Yeah. So hey, caught up on Andor, uh, <laughs> and. Look, we can talk more about this later. Best written show. Best written Star Wars, maybe anything. Like, there are some lines in that show that are just really well put together. But I don't know if you're all the way caught up, but this guy is talking about why he joined the Rebellion. And he says, I used to hate the Empire. Then my brother died. Now I don't even know how to describe my feelings, right? Mm, yeah. I don't even have a name for it. That's how I feel when I read this article. Um, a couple things here. So... Just some context. So some people much smarter than I have have done the math. And basically they think it's going to line up in such a way that it's going to make these cards mirror their exact value as the collector's edition, the gold border, Moxin and all those. Mm -hmm. So if someone were to bring a lawsuit to them that says, hey, I lost value because I have the collector's edition. uh, They can say, actually, no, look at the market value of the Black Lotus or the taiga or whatever, you didn't actually lose anything. I think that is not our role and not our perspective. I think one of the big problems I have here is too many people in the magic community are playing amateur expert. Okay. And I know this is pretty strong coming from me, but here we go. Right. <laughs> I know Cameron, you as a member of the media, probably your the the hairs on the back of your neck stand up a little bit when people say the media X Y Z, and you know mm-hmm. they sure. they are they have never actually picked up a camera or worked in a, for a media company ever. Teaching is the exact same thing. I don't know how many social situations I've been in where people are just really willing to give me ideas and thoughts on you know education. You know when they're a you know CPA or something. You know it's just like mm-hmm. okay, cool. Um. And that's what it feels like th- with this. So I just want to remove this part of the conversation. I don't care what Hasbro's profit margin is. I don't care if they're making money or not, or if this mirrors what another company is doing. Okay? We as customers, we have to provide the feedback that we're <laughs> experiencing, and we have to look at it from our perspective. So constantly trying to jump around through these logic hoops of what about the legal perspective? What about the collector's perspective? What about You need to look at it from your perspective. Because I don't know what that lawsuit looks like. And pretending to know, I think, is pretty insulting to the legal professionals, the collectors, the people that are actually in this, right, that would know. But I can tell you from my perspective, it's incredibly insulting. The idea that that original run of Magic, which I was more around for revised, okay, just to put it for, mm-hmm. in perspective, was not for everybody is ridiculous and treating this stuff like uh it's a luxury good is not how the game was intended to be designed 
I feel like that can be very easily said. I did not go to the comic shop in 1995 or six or whatever. And they go, oh, whoa, whoa, sir. Are you paying for that pack of magic cards and quarters? No, no, no. This is a premium product. You need, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the way that this should have been done is, oh, and also, sorry, this idea that this is somehow, because they say, we wanted to get it to where anyone could open a Black Lotus. Like, it actually says that in the PR. Mm-hmm. And th- th- we want you to experience it like it was in 94 or whatever. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. So, A, don't hit me with $1,000. Okay? Two, A and two. Uh, a, B, stop acting like uh, that somehow this should be gate-kept. And... See, make it a product that can actually mirror that experience. You did not buy a four-pack of anything then. No. What this should be is the full set of beta for $1,000. Or the full set in a booster box that mirrors the original booster box that you can open. And the full set is in there, but you you can open it in different ways. Once you're adding randomization to a thousand dollar price tag i find that incredibly insulting and i don't care about downright greedy like i mean just like deaf to everything else yeah I, i mean cameron i can honestly not think of any product that's plus five hundred dollars that doesn't have some kind of guaranteed anything and if you look at these like uh, randomizers or whatever, or look at the math, it is very likely that you will open this and hit stone nothing. Okay? Not, not, oh man, I got unlucky. No, no, no. The average luck is you get nothing for a thousand dollars. I don't, I don't know how to explain it any better than this. Like we have got to be real on the consumer side of this what this is. Mm-hmm. There's a 96% chance you will not open a Black Lotus. <laughs> and like trying to spin this any other way is ridiculous. Okay? Secondly, all right, I guess this is number three on my list, right, Cameron? See, I, I can't even count, it's, right? It's I'm just jazz, man. Free flow it. Just go. Just blind go. Rage. <laughs> blind rage. Blind rage. And <laughs> I... Imagine, Cameron, if they had this product and then they had some other product that also was just like, I mean, if you want to have a premium tier, I guess is what I'm getting to. That's fine. Now, they are doing a Dominaria thing that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But the idea that I just can't experience the beta experience on the anniversary unless I'm an extraordinarily wealthy person and that they somehow mirrored like mobile game experiences um, in terms of how aggressively um, uh, aggressively predatory, predator-like they are with these practices. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, whenever I hear people say, oh, but you know it's going to sell out, like, uh, well, again, the profitability shouldn't factor in. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I, I feel like these people missed the whole thesis statement to Breaking Bad. Like, the profitability doesn't mean it's necessarily a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not a that's not a catch-all. And what a disservice to the original design of Magic. What a disservice to the original game of Magic the Gathering. No yeah. expansions, yeah. just the original game that I could go and open 
you've completely made this a pitiable collector's bubble piece of garbage. Yeah. They're forgetting about, the, honestly, the game. Like, it's a collector's card game, right? A CCG, whatever you want to call it. But, like, they're forgetting about, like, I think one of the core components of Magic the Gathering. It, it Like, this... There is a collector's market. Yes, that that's one of the aspects of it, but it's only one part of it. And I feel like this is just spitting in the like it is. It just it's just such a greedy move to like the actual player base of this game. Yeah, and I I would also say that they're kind of having it both ways with terms of like a proxy but not a proxy. Mm-hmm. I do not envy the commander community on this front at all. Because they are going to have to figure out on a per shop or per play group basis how they are going to adjudicate these cards. Right? Like, because Cameron, I guarantee you, it, it probably won't be the Power Nine, and I couldn't even tell you what, what is and isn't banned in Commander. But things like a Tundra, if you pull an old border Tundra in this and you bring it to a Command Fest, right? And then somebody calls it, then we're going to get into this whole, well, you know, hey, it's the right size. He's got a sleeve on. What does it matter? What is it? If it's a dual face card, nobody says anything. On and on mm-hmm. and on, right? And there is also the cube community is in desperate need of a bunch of these cards. Like, you cannot put together a vintage cube realistically without proxies um, because it's almost like to the degree of financial irresponsibility mm-hmm. <laughs> to play with a real Black Lotus in your cube, right? Yeah. I mean, I understand there's people that do it, and hey, you know. Cheers to you, my friend. But like, there there is a d- demand for these cards, and people are going to want to have it both ways. So Wizards is saying, yeah, wink, wink, not tournament legal. These are proxies, but there are a certain number of people that are going to be after these to try and get them for their commander deck, right? Yeah, yeah. And that also strikes me as, uh, we'll say, a little predatory, maybe on the grand scale of what this is, like, not as bad. But I've heard people say things like, oh, well, this is what the baseball card industry does all the time. And it's like, well, first of all, those are all the way collectibles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and secondly, secondly, there's not a demand to actually use them, right, in the same mm-hmm. way. And that's always been a differentiating factor. And I, 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 all, the other thing that's a big pet peeve of mine, Cameron, first of all, we're going to get to alchemy in a second because I ain't done with that. Um, that's a little stealth announcement that we haven't really talked about. And I know you're excited for more alchemy. Mm-hmm. But I'm so tired of people saying Chronicles is the thing that hurt magic or ruined magic. Guess what? It's either this or alchemy. Because mm-hmm. this is... If you in ever, have ever uttered a negative word about Chronicles, I don't know how you can be permissible of this. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Cameron, sorry. I'm just like letting it all flow it, through me. No, like, I, I, I've said my piece. I just, this is ridiculous. Like I, the, the, it's just sheer ridiculousness. Yeah. And also there are other things that you can spend a thousand dollars on that are expensive and nice. Like people pointed to things like Warhammer and whatever. Um, like you could get to a place where you're spending a thousand dollars on certain watch. <laughs> yeah. Though. Though if you don't if you don't live in that world, you might be surprised at how little of a watch you can get for a thousand dollars at the yeah. premium level, right? But there's no element of randomization, is my point, yeah. right? Like, yeah. there there is kind of a certain level at which, and I'm sure this is going to change over time, where it's like there is a line in which you should not cross in terms mm-hmm. of this being a loot box, and it just really bumps me out, dude. I'm I'm trying to remember 
when when Magic twenty the twentieth anniversary thing came out, that was a box that had a guaranteed Jace, a guaranteed yeah. other From things in yep. it, right? From the vault. There we go. That's what I'm. There, I am just trying to figure out the rationalization for if it's that ultra of a premium thing, the randomization part just is astounding. Like you can't even really build a sealed deck from this. Like I, I I'm nope. trying to like figure Kendra, out like what in what world is four packs the right thing for, for this. If you're just going to do an ultra bougie, you know, <laughs> limited tournament or something like that. It just doesn't make sense. You can, and there's a bunch of basic lands in it too because it's beta. So, like, theoretically, you could do a draft, a four pack draft, and maybe that would get you there more than a three pack draft. But they they were just doing the math based upon the collector's edition prices. Mm-hmm. Like, you're right. Like, in any thought of playing with this, I mean, we will see it. Some YouTubers or something will do it, and goody gumdrops for them. Um, but actually experiencing the original design of Magic the Gathering on the 30th anniversary of Magic the Gathering cannot be done. And, boy, that's a bummer. Yeah. That is a bummer. And I don't know. Like, I get it. Some people are going to say, Curtis, just buy proxies. Just go on eBay and buy some proxies. And it's like, what if I actually do want to be legit? Like, I run into this with video games all the time when people are saying things like, why would you buy that when you could have emulated it for years? And Mm. it's like, I don't mind buying the real thing and telling the company, hey, this is a thing that I want, right? Mm -hmm. And no, I I legit, when I saw the announcement, I thought it was a complete set of beta with the different card back for $1,000. And I thought, "Uh, you know, that's a little steep, but I'll probably do it just because I think that'll be fun. And maybe Mm -hmm. I'll put it in like a a wall poster or something like the full set and hang it up or something really cool like that. Like that could be my Christmas present to myself kind of thing. And then I saw the four packs and I, I nearly chucked my phone across the room. Yeah. So anyway, cause you didn't know it was four packs until I messaged you, right? No. Yeah. I, I, I was trying to figure out what that was and then actually doing the research. Cause I was like <laughs> nine ninety nine a pack. I mean, that seems fair. I, I mean, I was like in such a completely different, um, I, I think headspace as far as like what is actually, you know, appropriate. And I think that's the thing that just bums me out is like the amount of people on Twitter and, and everything that just say, this is a good move. Watsy was brilliant in like doing this because they're going to make so much money. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't make it a good product or honestly right. I mean, like this is just that continuation of like weird predatory things like printing all of those like cards for historic and then flipping it. You know, like, I mean, I don't see how you can't see that as like, yeah, they're out to make money. I totally get that. That's what that business is. But at some point it's just like, let's crank the absurdity up to 11. And I feel like that's where we're at right now. This is just absurd. Yeah. And sorry, we just keep going back to this, but it's worth like discussing. It's It's worth discussing. It's mind boggling. Yeah. And I do hate it that people treat good for the player and profitable as mutually exclusive. There is a very real scenario where you can make good stuff and also be extremely profitable. We don't know what the timeline looks like if they did exactly what I'm describing, where they sold the complete set 
for $400. They might have even made more money. You don't know, mm-hmm. right? If alchemy and histor- like if alchemy never existed and instead they put all those resources into modern, guess what? I would be willing to bet they would have made more money. Right? Like these decisions, like people keep putting them in the bucket of they are either all the way good or all the way bad or definitely profitable where the other decision would have been, meant zero profit. That is not the way the world works. And you have to be a little bit more nuanced in what's going on here and acknowledge that a few things are true. One, every collectible has gone up since COVID. Almost every collectible. You know, two, magic is capitalizing on things in such a predatory manner that it is actively negatively affected competitive play. Right? And I just don't think those things have to be mutually exclusive. Competitive play could still be good. Legacy could still be a thing that they support. I mean, on and on and on. All of it. And it could have still been profitable, right? But when you're, again, I just shared this frustration. Whenever people are coming in with the smoke and hot take of 60 pieces of cardboard for $1,000, I bet they're making some money. Like, it's, it's all you can do not to be like, whoa, tell me more. This mm-hmm. is sage advice you're giving us all. Unbelievable. Do you have a PhD in macroeconomics because you came up with that? That's incredible. Maybe I should buy some NFTs too. You know, like Mm -hmm. I just, come on guys, come on, be more nuanced in your thought process with this stuff. All right. More announcements. Mm -hmm. Not all these are bad. Uh, So there's a bunch of promos that come with things. Some are competitive, whatever. Um, Hey, let's just go. Let's just keep going down the uh, negative train a little bit. So, <sighs> the Brothers War. Some of their packs are actively going to have Transformers cards in the collectors boosters, which I'm never going to open one of those. So I don't know that I really care. But it is a very weird kind of cross synergy thing that's happening. Um, but more interestingly, Cameron, I'm going to be willing to bet you don't know about this. So a couple things happen with MTG Arena, okay? Number one, some cards got taken back to their original form on Alchemy. (laughs) 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 So for for example, divide by zero, Luminarch Aspirant, our premium example, that's back to the combat step. So they Hmm. moved it back because they found that it wasn't, they nerfed it too far, Okay. So not everything's back to normal. Asika's Chariot, also back to normal. So we had like a weird year where if you played that in Cube or Alchemy or whatever, it made one cat. Um, (laughs) uh, I can't even like... So New Capenna, okay, was a set that was... was, That was two sets ago, right? Because there was the Baldur's Gate Alchemy set and then there was... There's Dominar United. So New Capenna. They're going back in on Arena and adjusting a bunch of the cards for the limited experience okay those cards will be legal in alchemy and historic you will not be able to draft new capenna normally ever again on arena (laughs) Uh, people can't see that you have like gone back in your chair and you're clicking your pen ferociously (laughs) yeah I think this is like stealthily like a way worse thing uh, than the Magic 30th anniversary. So New Capenna, nobody's drafting, right? This is two sets ago. Nobody cares. 
But it just, it's like, they don't believe that alchemy is a failure, so they keep doing these very strange things to make it matter. And in the process, you're nuking the format that you had? Uh, Am I correct in assuming you didn't know about this? I did not know about this. It's, I I mean, you could be joking with me right now and... Uh I am not. It's a hundred percent true. No, um, that is <laughs> hot take. That's awful. That's just a, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, wow, wow. Like it, it, it's shocking to think that you wouldn't be able to play, get the exact same. This is my thing. It's like I just want the one to one experience. I want my arena for me to be what my paper experience is. And like they just keep on doing like these bonkers things where it's like you have this full head of hair and then you shave it over here and then you shave it over here trying to even it out. And before you know it, you're completely bald and you have there's no going back. You know, I mean, like at what point do they just they have to scrap this? Like at what point do they say, you know what, guys? This has not worked out at all. No matter what we throw at it, power nine, changing a, the format for draft, like at what point do you say, no, this is just a bad idea for, for the game? Please Man. stop. Please stop. Please stop. Yeah, you're hurting <laughs> yourself. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, I'm not trying. Maybe I am trying to be harsh. But it's important that you hear this. No one wants this. Not a single person. If you are drafting, you are drafting Dominaria United right now. Right? Like, period. And nobody's like, gosh, I'm having trouble getting the alchemy cards from New Capenna. So I am now going to draft the alchemy New Capenna all the time until I get those cards. Like, it's so telling that what you and I, and I think a lot of people view is the great element of magic, the permanence. When you know a card, it is that card. And when you have a paper version of it, it is, you know, an analog set in, not in stone, but mm-hmm. for the purpose of gaming it is. And it is that thing, right? Brainstorm is a thing, right? You know exactly, I'm going to ask you on your deathbed. Death, deathbed and deathbed. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron, what is Ancestral Recall? And you will instantly spout mm-hmm. that off. It is embedded to us, whereas, you know, whatever the sword is plus seven in Diablo, I can never tell you, right? And I played a ton of Diablo, right? Mm-hmm. There is just something about the iconic nature of certain cards and, like, <laughs> to, just, to just do this at any level. Like, there's some cards, um, like Gatecrash. I love playing with Kingpin's Pet, right? I love that card. Right? There's just something about the attachment to the permanence and like you're right, just kind of mm-hmm. dissipating that because you have this initiative that is I mean, I feel like really clearly not a hit. Um <laughs> is really something, right? Mm-hmm. Um but it's kind of amazing how we're Alchemy came out. You and I were super sour and we're basically constantly told it's not for you. Go enjoy your product. It's not for mm-hmm. you. Just go enjoy your product. It won't bother you. And then at every turn, they're like, oh, look. Look at your settings. They all just got switched to alchemy. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Look at all these old drafts. Now they're alchemy drafts. That's weird. It's mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. You told me these would be separate. And once I've rebuffed you, 
you keep coming back to me with this. Mm-hmm. Like we're done, guys. Yeah. And and again, and I I would posit this, Cameron. I would I would say that both you and I and almost everyone we know, if they would have gone to all this length instead of making alchemy cards made modern. Oh man. How, how much more money would you have spent on arena? Yeah. I mean, that's the priority. Just get as much of like the game on there. Get me right. modern, get me pioneer. Like I mean, that should have been the priority from day 1. Um instead of like trying to like chase I don't know, like th- this arbitrary thing, like that they have to be exactly like Hearthstone. They have to exactly be, and it's not even a good version of Hearthstone because you can't even <laughs> do yeah. certain things with the economy. I just, it's just bad all around. Yeah, and you'll notice that well, actually, profitable guy doesn't seem to chime in on this one ever, right? Like, it, it's just alchemy is so universally hated. Okay, let's a couple other arena things that are actually good news. First of all. The highlight of the whole thing for me, 2023 first half, Shadows over Innistrad remastered. Shadows over Innistrad, Eldritch Moon combined into one draftable format on Arena. Uh, guys, I'm getting out my credit card. This Positive feedback. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the remastered sets. I will go there with you. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid in how much I'm going to draft this. I'm going to set aside time in the evening to do this. Let me spend money on this. Now, your other stuff. There is also going to be an Explorer Anthology um, that's going to be in that um, uh, a little bit before that, like the, the end of this year, which will hopefully fill in some more gaps. You and I both want JVP. I'm willing to, mm, sure. to bet. Yeah. Um, but that's some good news. Okay. Now, the one that I'm really feeling strange about is dominaria remastered okay now dominaria remastered think of this as what you really would have hoped the 30th anniversary would have been okay um so there's i want to say it's like 18 sets i should probably like look at the actual number here but a giant chunk of sets are set in dominaria right they are putting together a draft format master style set that is um, a bunch of different uh, sets of Dominaria put together and some great cards from those eras. So they're really showing off, hey, look, we've got the original art, Bird of Paradise. You can even get an original art, Old Border, Birds of Paradise. Jester's Cap, which is an iconic Ice Age card, right? Like in my old uh, Inquest magazines, Jester's Mask is, or I'm sorry, Jester's Cap is the most desired card, even over like the Moxon. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, but... Anyway, so there's all this really cool stuff that they're doing with it. Now, there's going to be newer cards, too, but like there's Sneak Attack as well, right? So maybe stuff that you would probably think of as more of like between third edition and like, you know, early 2000s. Um, this will be cool, right? We'll play this. Yeah. Why I, is I, it? I, I'm really worried that like some of these are just going to. Birds of Paradise is somehow going to become an alchemy card, and it's just Lana Ward Elves. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron, Cameron. Did you keep forgetting about the iconic, iconic test? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Right? I keep on failing the iconic test. Right. Well, story specifics. of my life, buddy. Yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> um, you know, I just... And, and hey, they're also doing um, this, like, 
advent calendar style thing that's a secret layer but i i don't know i'm kind of off talking about secret layers i hope you mm-hmm. don't mind mm-hmm. um but look there's some there's some good stuff here right i i like the idea of dominaria remastered i wish that was the 30th anniversary product and i shadows over innistrad remastered i'm going to spend an uncomfortable amount of money we're seeing new stuff from the brothers war there's some cool things here but i just I mean, $1,000 for four packs of cards just really... Sours everything. (laughs) It's like whenever you have a high-end meal and part of it is burnt, and the burnt Mm. taste covers everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what this feels like. That's what this feels like. So, Cameron, any closing closing? I can't talk correctly today. Any clothing thoughts or closing thoughts? (laughs) I'm a... I'm going to yield my time to you. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get out of this segment, come back, talk about what else we're up to. Cameron, I I, want to hear about Overwatch 2, man. I I know that it exists. I know that you probably spent a good six months to a year really hitting Overwatch hard. I was probably three, four weeks on it. I really did like it a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Talk to me, man. How is it? Yeah. Uh, so Overwatch 2, it, to call it a genuine sequel is, I don't know. It, like, it's not. It's not a genuine sequel because like, it's like every single character from the first game, all the maps are still there. It, it was just like a giant patch in one way and almost like a giant expansion in other ways. So I almost consider this being like Destiny 2 the fallen whatever, right? I mean, like, yeah. add, add the colon after this where it's like a major expansion has happened um, and they've tuned and fixed a lot of things, but you're getting Overwatch. Um, and that's not a bad thing. And it's been, I don't know, five years since I've I've really dived back into Overwatch. And so, and that was coming from, like, the PlayStation 4 and then coming onto the PC to play that. Um there's a lot of welcome things. A, like I forgot how great this game is as far as just a really solid first-person team co-op sort of game. I, I just I forgot how much I like this and the various modes with like the capture the like capture points and escorts and they've added new versions of those where like ones where you you essentially have a robot that goes back and forth and whoever controls a robot gains ground over so it's like just kind of a fun variation on the capture point modes Mm -hmm. um and you know yeah it's great i i I love overwatch and so uh kind of revisiting it is great playing it on the pc at a locked you know 120 frames is awesome and yeah it just uh it's just a really solid experience um i'm just rediscovering my love of the game um which is weird just with what is essentially a giant patch. <laughs> yeah. And free to play too. Free to play too. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. I'm kind of confused about where it's at. So like, but is, is it beta or is it actually released? It's released. It doesn't say anything in beta. I mean, it, it's just, I mean, I'm playing it on Battle.net, and it's, you know, just the full game. Huh. Uh, I've, I guess it just kind of sailed right by me. There was also a new Valkyrie profile game that came out like last month, but I've just been so knee deep in work. And then every time I get a free moment, I'm just playing magic instead. 
um, or catching up on on whatever TV show I'm behind, which right now I'm behind on Lord of the Rings. Uh, don't I don't miss a House of the Dragon. I'm doing good there. Um, but yeah, it's just I haven't I haven't had the time to get to it. And Overwatch is one that I think I could actually reasonably play in front of my son, or at least he could walk. I always have this like metric of if they can walk through the room, right? Mm-hmm. Like my son isn't like intently watching me play because he only cares if there's Pokemon on the screen. He's in that sure. age right now. Um, but like, yeah, whereas some of these games like God of War, I'm just like, well, I'm like ripping people in half. So obviously I have to wait till after he goes to bed. (laughs) Right. Um, I do want to mention, I, have you seen the trailer for the last of us? Like the show? I haven't yet. I I saw that one was released and I totally skirted by me. I forgot to watch it. So this is kind of what I want to talk about because... I'm really interested to see people's reactions to what this is going to be like, because it does look like it's going to be quite faithful to the story. And again, I had a conversation with my wife where we were talking about it, and she's like, oh, so it's kind of like Walking Dead. And it's like, well, like, I don't even know a comp for how bleak this show is. Or well, I should say, if the show mirrors the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like I I tried to explain to her that like you and my brother-in-law played the first Last of Us but still have not played the second one because of you know yeah. I, I just I don't need to be in that headspace. <laughs> yeah. Uh the bleak nature of it. Um so I guess I'm wondering like would you be interested in or like are you going to watch it? Are you going to try and have your wife watch it with you? I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it's something that like if if I the gen, the reviews are pretty decent, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Um but I think it might be one it, even though it's not a one to one with Walking Dead, like those sorts of movies of like uh, Cormac McCarthy's The Road might be a good example of just the bleakness of some of that stuff. Like I can dabble my toe in it, but it's just not those aren't the types of worlds that I, I want to maybe spend my evening watching, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I will say like and I'm not like I it, it could be an incredible piece of art like and I can appreciate it on like, you know storytelling level and all of that but sometimes it's just like it's not what i want on my wednesday evening you know so that's where i'm at i guess (laughs) no understand dude in the second game like again i've i've told you like i think it's a masterpiece but it's also like you should really be in the right headspace for it yeah because it is i mean i i would say relentlessly bleak where walking dead gets to the point of kind of meme culture you know, like it is very, you know, and of course somebody broke Walking Dead for me by saying, all you ever have to do is watch the first and last episode of a season and then everything else <laughs> in between is filler. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've just lost like 20 hours of my life. Right. Whereas again, and I mentioned this earlier, I do want to say like Andor is just, it's like someone is making a Star Wars show for me. Mm-hmm. Like this is, mm-hmm. this is the kind of thing that I'm interested in and there is a and the most recent episode theoretically nothing happens it's mm-hmm. all character interaction but it is awesome just let me sit in that man i i love it <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway high marks there but yeah. um 
a- anyway, I, I now I understand your look when I told you I hadn't caught up on it. You gave me a uh, eyebrows raised look, and it was like Curtis, come on, man, you know. Yeah. So yeah. No, anyway. but, like I totally get it. Like I mean, I think it's absolutely worthwhile to check out. You know, like if you even are not into it, and I don't know, like you could argue that it might be slow or like, yeah, nothing happens in an episode, but like, it's also like, that's kind of what I'm there for because it's just so well told. Like those moment to moment character interactions are just top notch. There's just like, I'll take that over Boba Fett any day. (laughs) Well, yeah. And like, I would also argue that when you have those characters, and inevitably, we don't know, but some of them will likely not stay with us, uh, when they die, it will actually probably mean something. Yeah, you'll care, right? right? Yeah, I'll yeah. care because I know their story, or at least I know their perspective. And even even the villains, like, this is the most intriguing depiction of the Empire ever. Right? Really is, yeah. And I just... It's awesome on so many levels. So anyway, Cameron, if someone would like to get at you and talk to you about uh, Boba Fett and all the nuance, where could they find you? Mm, that's all on Twitter at Cameron underscore McCoy. And I'm at Curtis now. Our official show feed is at SpikeBeatMTG. We'll check you guys next week. <laughs>